Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this fine, fine day? Hey, Alan, I'm doing great, buddy. By the way, when you arrived at LFP Worldwide Headquarters yeah, this yeah. morning. I just pulled in not that long ago. Yeah, me too. Did you see uh, in the hallway all the posters up for Pawnee What If? Yeah, what's that all about? They are really embracing this stuff. thing. I know. Yeah. I, I've even heard, uh, you know how... Uh, I watched the premiere. Uh, you know, there's that mysterious enigma that's known as the waffler. The waffler. I thought that was, yeah. And you, clever. you don't yeah. really know uh, like a lot about him. Yeah. Turns out I've heard a few rumors. Yeah. It's Constantine. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> that's what he's been up to. Speaking of people we don't know a lot about. Yeah. I mean, what's up with that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. You know what? That's interesting. It explains a few things. I saw some like crusts near the toaster and I thought, What's this, you know? And it's like just all this like waffle grit all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I don't know. What, what's what's uh, going on in your neck of the woods? Any other LFP related news? Well, you know, what's interesting, Mark, I, I got a I got a letter this morning from our lawyers. Um, apparently, we're preparing some sort of uh, I think it's just a threat at first, at least. But apparently some new upstart out there has a Parks and Rec podcast. I don't know. Some Rob. Rob Lube. I've, I've Lube? heard of him. He's a. They're introducing him at first. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's what he's I just like, breaking into the biz right now, right? Alan. He's what I like to call a never do well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know that he's yeah. uh, gonna make it, but I mean, if he wants to try, look. You as well as I know that we have armies and armies yeah, of lawyers here. We do. Yeah. So more than we can afford and or that we need. So re, Rob Lao, is La that his Lau-o, name? Lao, so I think how you say Mr. it. Mr. Lao, you're in trouble. Yeah. You'll be hearing now, from us. Now, he's, he's partnered with a guy named Alan Yang, which is weird because in Parks and Recreation, you know, the bassist, mm-hmm. his name is Alan Yang. That's a coincidence. It, it has to be. No, it's got to be a different guy. I'm sure it is. Yeah. They wouldn't be, you know, participating with this Lao guy. Yeah. Eh, anyway, we'll see what that's all about yeah all right yeah look when we absorb them and take them over maybe yeah. they'll be able to do something with it I, I i think we've got a lot to offer them yeah yeah we'll, we'll see how that all turns out <laughs> excellent well everybody we're doing episode eight of season three camping this camping. week this is the next episode after harvest festival of course yep and you know we'll get into the synopsis and all that stuff but you know at a high level mark this is about what is leslie's next big idea so this is an interesting episode it is. It kind of seems like a bridge, if you will, between the first story arc and what the heck else are they going to do yeah. with season three? Because yeah. we talked about this last week. Yeah, we peaked right in the middle. Maybe it, it seems like that. So now, like, so now what? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, let's see what 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 comes of this. Thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, this episode first aired on March 24th of 2021, literally. Ann Perkins, mm-hmm. the next week after Harvest Festival. Yep. It was written by Isha Murar, who we've spoken about before. You know, she's a producer, story editor, writer on Parks. Uh, s- several of those same functions on The Good Place. Um, so she obviously is in the Mike Schur camp. Uh, this episode was directed by Rob Schraub, uh, who his resume and, and we're hoping to get to talk to him. Um, his resume is very interesting. He only directed one episode of Parks and Rec, but he's an actor, writer, producer, director, editor, uh, visual effects. Like this guy does everything. No, he's just greedy. Yeah. <laughs> he should share <laughs> and, some of that. And, and talented. And, oh, yeah. He's talented. Yeah, and talented. Yeah, that yeah. helps. 
Yeah, but he's 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 associated with Rick and Morty, the show Suits, the Sarah Silverman show, oh, Community, nice. uh, which is how actually I know about him a little bit through mm-hmm. one of our partners, uh, one of our uh, compatriot podcast, Mark, called Six Seasons in a Podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex, uh, the producer of that show, uh, has actually interviewed him before, and it's a pretty interesting interview if you want to go listen to that. And uh, I think you got his startup, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, I love yeah. that show. Got to love uh, parody shows, Mark. Oh, yes. Yeah. For so, sure. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, should we get into our synopses? We should. We should with a capital synopsis. All right. So I have the storylines broken down into we'll see if the judges agree. Yeah. I have them broken in into three stories. No, that's not right. But go ahead. Yikes. All right. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be good already, folks. All right. So I have the A story as I entitled it The Next Big Thing. Mm. During a press conference praising the Harvest Festival, city manager Paul has a heart attack. Chris comes back as acting city manager while Paul recovers and asks Leslie for more large scale ideas to generate revenue. Leslie organizes a camping trip where the gang can brainstorm ideas during the retreat. Nobody comes up with anything good, assuming Leslie's ideas will be used anyway. Finally, an embarrassed Leslie confides first to Anne and then to everyone that she's got nothing. (sighs) Womp womp. So Leslie becomes crazed and suggests they keep working straight through the night until they have something. Come on, gang. And this causes everyone to throw in the towel, pack up and head home. But they can't since Tom hooked up all of his electronics to the van battery and drained it. Dun, dun, dun. What will happen? Where will the gang spend the night? Can Tom survive without his Sky Mall electronics? Will Leslie ever come up with an idea to present to Chris? Stay tuned to find out dot dot dot. Wait, Chris is back. Chris is back. And that is going to feed into my B story, ah. which I entitled Chris Traeger's back and you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> An ode, of course, to the Alan to the 1963 hit song. My boyfriend's back yeah. by the group. The Angels. Very, very nice. God, am I yes. old? All right. Yeah. All right. Anne feels weird now that Chris is back as acting city manager, especially given the nature of their breakup. She has an awkward, jokey exchange with him in the hallway that makes her feel like an idiot. But Chris is so nice that she starts to, you know, kind of read into it. Mm -hmm. Leslie shuts that noise down (laughs) immediately and invites Anne instead to come camping with her and the gang to take her mind off of things. Well, later during the retreat itself, Chris shows up out of nowhere on his nightly jog and asks a flustered Leslie about their ideas. Well, Anne wisely convinces Chris to leave with her. So A, they can talk and B, the gang can keep working in peace. Anne and Chris have a very nice talk with Chris suggesting they continue the conversation over dinner at a rustic diner. How will this turn out? Will the rustic diner have healthy food for Chris? Can Anne stop acting like an awkward dork around him? Could Anne and Chris be getting back together? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice, Mark. And then the sea story, which I entitled, Some Call Me the Space Cowboy, Some Call Me the Camper of Love. <laughs> oh my um, God. You know, Al- you know what? The judges are going to give you this one just based on these. <laughs> The title for the storyline. <laughs> and and Ode. Because at first I was going to say, I call it doesn't exist, but go ahead. <laughs> and Ode, of course, to the 1973 hit song, The Joker by the Steve Miller Band. I, I've been, look, look, I've been listening to a lot of oldies lately. What can I, I say? say? All right. I yeah, am oldie. That takes me back. Yeah, it does. All right. April vents to Andy about how she's dreading the camping trip, especially since, you know, camping sucks. 
Well, Andy loves camping and is determined to make her love camping, too. And he gets balloons and decorations and rose petals and champagne. And he sets up a wonderfully romantic campsite for her in the wrong campsite miles away. Um, Miserable without him, April calls him and he realizes he's in the wrong place. He packs up and treks through the wilderness to find everyone. Oh, man. What will happen? Does April ever get reunited with Andy? Can Andy defeat the wild animals blocking his path? Will Andy drink all the champagne just to stay alive? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. All right. You know what? Again, Mark, mostly, (laughs) mostly because of the title, The Camper of Love. Uh Yeah. You're going to get that one. All right. Yeah. Victory. I claim it. I'm not going to consult the judges on this one. I'm just going (laughs) to call this. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, Mark. Well, nice job on the synopsises as always. Uh, let's do our AKAs real quick before we get into this a breakdown. All right. Well, I uh, I had two. I must have listened to the judges and thought there were two storylines because I only have two AKAs. Me too. One. Mine are both from the same storyline, but, you know, whatever. Oh, I guess mine are too. No, that's fine. Then. Oh, we're awesome. Maybe right. we chose different storylines. <laughs> Maybe we chose different episodes. Who knows? (laughs) So my first one is where Ron is a little peeved at Jerry because of some details that he uh, chose Uh to share uh, while they were having what should have been a very zen like pristine, quiet fishing moment with each other. Yeah. And the, the, the gang is asking if there's anything to eat and Ron pipes up. We have nothing to eat. Jerry scared all the fish away with his loud personal stories. I love. We both love it, Mark. Oh, no. Oh, it happened. I thought for certain we'd be safe. I'd be safe picking this one. I felt like that was the second (laughs) thing that you would have picked. Nope. Well, let's just end it. So I didn't choose the other one on purpose. uh, Let's just go home. Yeah. All right. What are we going to do? All right. Let's just soldier on. That's fair enough. All right. You know what? We both have good taste. I like to say it that way. Yep. Yep. All right. So my second one is where I guess this is kind of from the camper of love. Uh, storyline. April is on the phone with Andy and she's telling him how miserable she is. And part of what she's telling him is there's a brook somewhere that won't (laughs) stop babbling. And then she turns away from the phone to the wilderness and says, shut up. (laughs) Which just made me giggle. Uh, April. I think she feels about nature pretty much the same way my daughter feels about nature. So not not necessarily a fan. (laughs) Not necessarily a fan. All right. What you got, man? Well, in addition to the one on which we clearly both have good taste, Mark, uh, where Jerry has scared away the fish with his loud personal stories. (laughs) (laughs) Had they not been personal, you think the fish would have been scared away? No. Oh, see. If it it would have been like- Damn it, Jerry. If he had told- I know, damn it, Jerry. If he had told stories about like woodworking- I'm sure the fish yeah. would have been fine with that. Well, and Ron would have held a lot more interested too. Yeah. 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 Instead, he told that other story and ugh. Yeah, it just it did not work out well. No, it really didn't. Nope. My, my other AKA, Mark, before we move on, was uh, actually a Ben line later where I think he's trying to prop Leslie up as she's struggling to have these ideas and uh, give her some confidence. And he says, I mean, you're like the energizer bunny of city government, <laughs> which- that was my primary. Uh, the other one was my secondary because I think it says a lot about Leslie. It says about a lot about what the expectations are of her, uh, you know, coming out of this giant successful harvest festival. Which yeah. We'll hear about in the cold open here in a minute. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, surely she's got 
a bag full of tricks. Alan, I love that you chose that as an AKA because not only is it very funny and it's very, I think, thematic for this episode. I have more to say about that when we get to that scene, though. Excellent. Well, I'll count on that. Yep. All right, Mark, let's do it. Let's let's move into our breakdown. All right. Let's give everybody what they're paying for today. (laughs) I agree. Good Lord. We can't just coast by on our good looks forever, Alan. Not forever. A couple more weeks. (laughs) If we're lucky. All right. Um, so in the cold open, it's, uh, as cold opens go, this is somewhat short as at least compared to some of the ones we've seen here recently, uh, I'd say it's plot relevant, um, at a city hall press conference, city manager, Paul Iresco is talking about the triumphant success of the harvest festival. And he, he rightfully singles out Leslie and asks her to join him at the mic, but then he starts having some obvious uh, chest discomfort. Uh, he collapses to the floor and, and awkwardly trying to support himself. He blindly reaches out and grabs Leslie's boob. Um, his hand stays on said boob uh, for quite a while. while An f- awkward amount of time marks what they call An that. awkward amount of time while photographers, you know, are going nuts, Alan. They, they, yeah, they, they want to they want to make sure they capture this yeah. event because, you know, Pawnee is kind of a slow town. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty newsworthy. This is very newsworthy. Day. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's awkward. Yes, Mark, it's awkward. However, in a, a very brief talking head as we exit the cold open, Leslie says that was the second most awkward way a man has ever grabbed my breast. <laughs> you know, quite frankly, the fact that it cracked the top five is saying something. It really for, is. For Leslie. Yeah. For Leslie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yet we're left to wander. Yep. Well, Mark, following the cold open, the gang is in the bullpen and Leslie has them gathered so that she can get their help figuring out what this next big idea is going to be to avoid having what we all call the sophomore slump, right? The sophomore slump. We've How do you come back there. from such a great success? Pizza, really. This is the Pretty only thing I can come up with. alcohol. <laughs> Sometimes together. Well, if, if you're doing it right, yes. Yes. All right. So, yeah, like you said, it's, they're at City Hall and Leslie's in the bullpen addressing the gang about tomorrow's mandatory camping work retreat. And the intention is to help them brainstorm some really big ideas to follow up their blazing success with Mm. the Harvest Festival. And in typical fashion, Leslie is very excited about this idea. The gang is resistant, not as excited as she is for sure. And I think partially because they expect that Leslie look, Leslie's really a lot better at this than we are. And she probably already has a great idea. And just tell us, tell us what we're doing, Leslie. And she's like, no, this is a, this is a group thing. So, you know, well, and she tells them, I have like a hundred new ideas. She's even got a binder that says new ideas yeah. on it. So clearly she has ideas, right, Mark? Right. If yeah. the binder's there, it's got to be true. It's, it's like the internet. It's like, it's like the internet. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, following this scene, uh, it, which kind of continues in the bullpen, Chris comes in the door unexpectedly. He's returned from Indianapolis and and he's anxious to catch up with his favorite group of city employees. But he also seems to be looking around for some hydration packs or something. I was a little confused. (laughs) Yeah. Chris comes in out of nowhere. We we have the the welcome return of Mr. Chris Traeger. And he he tells them that he's going to be working with them again. Um, As a matter of fact, he doesn't he say it in a talking head. He's very excited to be back with Pawnee. I think his phrase is Pawnee is literally the greatest town in the country. Yeah. And and then he pauses and says, (laughs) of course, I'm going to miss Indianapolis, which is the most wonderful city in America. I I can't disagree. I can't argue with that. No, it's good. Yeah. 
It's all good. So, yeah. And he he tells them that he's looking forward to hear the ideas and that that they are all his little hydration packs. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, even Ron. Yeah. He's, Ron says, I am sure I am not. <laughs> And then Chris kind of like Ron, he gives him a little playful punch R2. on the shoulder. R two, hydration pack. <laughs> well, over at the shoe shine booth, April really needs to tell Andy that identity theft is not a joke, Jim. I mean, Kyle. This uh. was this was one of the funniest Andy moments in the entire episode. It cracked me up how much this whole thing cracked Andy up. So we're at the shoe shine stand, and we see Andy just cracking up almost uncontrollably. Kyle is sitting there in the customer seat at yeah. the shoeshine stand. Yeah. April walks as up. As he's wont to do. As he's wont to do. And and April walks up and Andy immediately laughing still says, dude, 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 tell her, tell her what happened. Kyle straight faced and kind of morose. My identity got stolen. Bah! <laughs> and I think it even starts to crack April up, like how much Andy is just laughing oh, yeah. hysterically. And then what else? My accounts are it's frozen. It's fun to see a child enjoy himself. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's a term schadenfreude. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how to spell it. But anyway, so once Kyle leaves with his whole identity thing, whatever, <laughs> he leaves and April vents to Andy about this mandatory work camping trip. You know, April clearly thinks that camping sucks. Andy thinks it's awesome and April's a little skeptical, but Andy asks her to give him a chance to make her love it too. Mark, not only does camping suck, it's super boring and you can see the stars, which I hate. They're creepy. They are creepy because who knows really what they are? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Glowing points of white hot judgment. I don't know. That's the what I think of when I look up at the sky at night. Like crumbs. Is there something that means something? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yours sounded a lot better than mine. Yeah. Well, not to my therapist. <laughs> I don't know. I think she has a yacht. So I think well, it sounds great that. to her. <laughs> you called it the Piercy for some reason. So. <laughs> called it the SS Allen for some reason. I'm not sure why. I thought it was called the Camper of Love. The Camper of Love. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, in the city hall hallway, Anne and Chris run into each other just outside the parks department. And the only thing more awkward than this would be Anne's misguided youthful hair dyeing attempts and a series of bad puns. This is so cringeworthy. What do you say we have Constantine just play this entire scene? I, I think we should absolutely do that. Let's do it. Anne Perkins. Chris, hey. I heard you were back. Yeah. I didn't do this because of you. Uh, well, it looks great. Yeah, you look great. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so good running into you. you know, we should get together soon. I'd love to catch up. Me too. Ketchup and mustard. Right. Ketchup and right. mustard are just as... Oh! <laughs> it's so delightful. <laughs> I relish your wit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I salsa nope. your face. No. Too far, Mark. Always too far with the, the puns. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one to say no. Caring <laughs> is sharing. I don't know. Knowledge is power. I, all those other things. Uh, so anyway... Well, that was the way that started off. And, you know, and the ever optimist is now speaking with Leslie about bad decisions and <laughs> how not to make one. Uh, and they seem to be surrounded by many, many binders containing what I would say are literal mountains of good ideas, Mark. 
Yeah, if you look at the binder titles, it's like, doesn't it say something like Leslie's Good Ideas, Volume 1? And I, I think I saw up to 40. I think one of them is like a 101. There's oh, a, my. They're, they're in the triple digits, Mark. I, I can't even imagine. So surely Leslie's got a handle on this. Good Lord, yeah. All right. So like, as you said, they're in Leslie's office and they're doing the binder thingy. Uh, and, and while they're doing the binder thingy, Anne's venting to her about Chris. And it seems like at first Anne is trying to read into the... Uh, positive, cheerful things that we heard Chris saying there in the hallway because he seemed very nice and pleasant like he normally does. And Leslie warns her off and says, you know, dude, remember how super cheerful and stuff he was when he broke up with you and he did, you didn't realize <laughs> you didn't it. And, it. And then you thought you were with him and it was super awkward and we got really drunk. Remember all that? Yeah, don't do that again. And Leslie instead suggests that Anne comes camping with them and gives her something to kind of take her mind off of Chris. And you know what, Alan, I noticed if you if you look at this scene when the camera's on Leslie, if you look over her shoulder on the wall, yeah. you're going to see an issue of the pawn of the Pawnee Journal with yes, the title that. Harvest Best of All, just like she suggested to Shauna Malway Tweep in yep. Media Blitz a yep. few episodes ago. There it is. Neat, right huh? There. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good to know that Leslie's efforts finally paid off because she worked really hard to get one of her titles in the newspaper. And apparently it happened. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I also like that, you know, Leslie tries to entice Ian to come along and not do this Chris thing. Instead, you know, you can brainstorm with us. And when, you know, that doesn't land, she says, OK, fine, I'll give you first dibs on s'mores. That always does. That's it. what did it. Yep. Yeah, that's what did it. Well, the gang arrives at the campground, which is the Pawnee campground of Wamapoke County Forest, apparently. Yep. And, you know, Leslie's been kind enough here, Mark, to basically divide everyone's time equally between work and play. How thoughtful. <laughs> That's right. Leslie is nothing if not thorough. So she she gives everyone their itineraries for their stay, uh, dividing work and play. And the gang starts kind of uh, setting up their camping gear. And... Um, we learn a few things immediately. So we, we learned that a uh, Ben didn't bring a tent. Why? Why would you? He's just going to sleep on the floor. Yeah. Um, Mark, that's called the ground when you're outside. So it's called. All right. And then B, um, Tom brought a huge tent along with nearly <laughs> everything advertised in Sky Mall. All of it. All of it. And in addition to that, the resurrection. Did you notice of DJ Roomba? I did. Uh-huh. He's in the mix, Mark. He's in the mix. Yeah. I, I'm glad he got him repaired after Jerry stepped on him. But this isn't the last time we saw him. It was the ghost of DJ Roomba, was. wasn't it? Chasing Jerry <laughs> down, down the hallway. hallway. So I'm glad it he was. like transubstantiated back to human for or robot. Or, I don't know how Whatever. that works. Whatever. Yeah. Non, non, non-corporeal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. That. <laughs> Mark, I love the Ron, you know, as they're they're teeing up, uh, getting transitioning over to the campsite here. Ron seems really enthusiastic about getting to the brainstorming. And he admits, of course, that, you know, he wants to just get to the fishing because fishing relaxes him. It's like yoga, except that I get to kill something. <laughs> <laughs> that is a meme moment. Isn't it, it is a meme moment. Yes, I've seen it many times and it's relatable. Yes, it is. It's about the only way in which I would want to do yoga, I suppose. Well, Mark, Andy, as we know, is always the romantic, and he has done something really sweet here. He set up a little private getaway for him in April. 
Yeah, this is such a short scene, and I Andy's the only one in it. He's talking into the camera, so the scene is just basically an yeah. extended talking yeah. head. And it's funny; it's actually very sweet too, because he's obviously put a lot of thought and effort into this. You know, I think we kind of went over this in the synopses. Actually, he has a a lot of heart shaped balloons that say "I love you," yep. and he has rose petals. He spelled out the name April on the ground, and as Aww. you as you can see. They smell great. They smell great. Yes. As you can see, whatever. <laughs> um, he has little star decorations because so you can have the starlight. He's really decked it out. I mean, it's not Sky Mall, but you know. <laughs> but you, he's really tried. He really has tried. And he's, done and something he's kind got, of impressive. He's got champagne. And mm, uh, I hear that's delicious. Oh, my gosh. And uh, along with the soup du jour. So he's <laughs> so he's really excited about this. And that's kind of where they leave the scene. Yeah. Mark, I called this campsite campsite beta aka the love nest mm. and i should have mentioned earlier that the other one of course was called campsite alpha aka idea central ah uh, well you know andy is the camper of love he is the camper of love <laughs> cuckoo chew <laughs> well speaking of campsite alpha alpha the gang has gathered around what i'm calling the fire circle mark and um, you know the brainstorming's about to begin that is correct sir yeah. And Leslie asks, who wants to go first? And they start going around uh, and we find the brainstorming ideas are as follows. Ron simply wants to gather all of the money and give it back to the citizens. That sounds about right. <sighs> Tom wants to build a concert venue. So artists like Jay-Z and Lil Wayne uh, may be tempted to and find Drake. and finally and Drake. Yeah. You can't forget him. Uh, may be tempted to perform in Pawnee. Um, I love that guy's meme. And Donna suggests a luxury dog park, which kind of leaves Leslie wondering on account of like, what does that exactly mean? And Donna explains it in very simple terms. Yeah. A poodles only. Sure. B no pooping. Wow. Well, Mark, it wouldn't be luxury if they were pooping. That's not a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Seems maybe a little narrow if it's going to be successful, but Hey, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be for a niche audience. She's got a vision. Yup. I love that when Tom is formulating his idea, he says, you know, what did Jay-Z, Lil Wayne and Drake all have in common? <laughs> Jerry says, oh, I know this one. They're all rappers. <laughs> no, they're rappers, Jerry. Ugh, so much good punching bag Jerry in this one. <laughs> Hashtag PBJ. Yes, sir. Well, and the, Ron's brilliant idea just to give it all back to the taxpayers would amount to about 83 cents per household prior to postage are we done <laughs> right let's go home let's fish yeah yeah let's yeah. fish isn't that what this is really all about yes yeah yeah well it's just about to be april's turn and she gets a phone call from andy and um, she's getting really tired and waiting on him he asks where he is and he says i'm here which i always love as an answer yeah because I mean, it's true on account of duh. Then, yeah. And, and so when April says, well, we're inside the main entrance near the sign that says Pawnee Campground. <laughs> and he said, oh, well, I am in a totally different place. And that's probably why we can't see each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> <clears throat> this is also where uh, April had her comment about yes. the babbling. Your to your Shut AKA. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. She can't breathe. <laughs> At the end of this, he has a, a talking head. I thought was kind of cute, too. He's Andy standing in front of the camera at yeah. campsite beta. Yes. And uh, 
and he's holding a map and he points at the center of the map and says, well, this is where April is. And then his finger starts to go down into the left. Yeah. And I am. And he stretches his arm way, way, yeah, way, way, way off the map, the map like yeah. somewhere close to the actual ground because we're outside. That's what it's called. And it's like, I'm uh, somewhere down here. So he's got a ways to go. <sighs> and I have so many questions about this, Mark, but they'll just have to wait for another podcast. <laughs> how do he get there why doesn't he drive all these things but you know then it wouldn't be as funny i guess i agree see i assumed that he was gonna like borrow burley's van see brilliant mm-hmm. although he has been spotted by law enforcement in this van before maybe it's no longer oh safe. yeah that's right his driving days may be over for a while <laughs> yeah well back at the campground site the gang is continuing to share their riveting ideas and ben finally has to oh sorry <clears throat> sharing their riveting ideas. And Ben is finally about to have his turn. Yes, we are continuing the fire circle and we go around to the other members and Ben uh, has an idea that is not really sexy, uh, but, you know, according to him, kind of smart. He wants to create a nice little nest egg for the city by investing in it. So, I mean, hey, not the worst, you know, it's got an ROI. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Maybe not sexy. Yeah. Um <laughs> Although he did he, for his troubles, he does get called White Urkel. For, I love it. <laughs> by Tom. Um, Leslie goes on to ask April and April just flat out admits, I got nothing. And when asked why, she she kind of calls out what I think the rest of the gang thinks as an yeah. obvious point, which good is point. we know that whatever we come up with isn't going to be good enough. And we're going to go with your idea. And, you know, Ron and Tom kind of pile on and 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 leslie finally says all right look you numbskulls i'm disappointed in you uh you know we take an hour think about what you want to contribute to the to the department think about if you're interested in contributing and then after that i'll tell you my idea and she kind of storms off yeah yeah she kind of lays it on the line there i love that uh, tom says can we just get your idea out so i can go back to the thunderdome that's what i'm calling my tent <laughs> not a bad name it's a pretty good name as yeah. a matter of fact yeah well speaking of tents mark over in ann and leslie's tent ann's pretty impressed that leslie came down hard on the gang for their lack of ideas and inspiration yeah you know leslie is typically pretty nice and pretty thoughtful but she kind of unloaded with both barrels there and says yeah. you guys kind of suck and you need to not suck. And I'll be back in an hour when you're done sucking and we'll continue this. And then she admits to Anne, you know, and I also didn't want to tell my idea. And when Anne, why is that? And when Anne presses her, why? And she goes, I, I don't have one. And I think Anne is honestly shocked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how unleslie is that? It's very, I mean, I think we're all shocked at this point. We all kind of expected what Paul did. And that's that, you know, Leslie's going to top herself. She always does. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, well, Anne, as her bestie, Alan, you know, also kind of has her back and tells her, look, I, I know that you're going to be fine. You're, you're smart and you're created and just, you know, give it, give it the hour. You're going to come up with something. And that seems to placate Leslie a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, during their conversation, Leslie is describing to Anne how desperate she is to try and come up with an idea. And she even mentions, uh, doesn't she bring her dream journal? She brought her dream journal, which Anne then reads. And yeah, <laughs> I, I married Alf and we're pretty happy. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you if you watch that scene, if you if you look at, at Amy Poehler's face after she makes the Alf line. Yeah, she's a little upset 
And I don't know if that implies that either she and Alf weren't really that happy, or maybe the dream was kind of, you know, brown and barber. I don't know which one. They're both upsetting things to think about, actually. Yeah. Have you ever, like, had part B of a dream later? Maybe she realized they weren't as happy as they thought. Like, to be continued? Maybe. I don't know. I've never had that. Really? No. I rushed back to bed once so I could finish a dream. It didn't work. Oh, no. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It didn't work like that. Well, and honestly, I think that, you know, this whole hour thing or whatever that, you know, give it more time. I think Leslie also believes that's true as well. I think she does think ultimately she's going to come up with the idea, but she's also shocked at how long it's taking her. Yeah. I, I think based on her track history, she's convinced it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And she just, she just keeps an hour. She just keeps waiting for it to happen. And it's it's not. Well, back on the trail, Mark, Andy has packed up and he's headed to find April, you know, from wherever he pointed to down on the ground to where she actually is up in the opposite corner yeah. of said map. Campsite beta to campsite yeah, alpha. That's exactly right. And I don't think he really understands how triangulation works or trail maps for that matter. Or trail mix, quite frankly. Well, probably not for Andy, no. <laughs> but definitely triangulation, no. No, it's just fun to say, though. It is. Uh, yeah, they, they, he's packed up his entire romantic campsite, which, quite frankly, in and of itself is quite a feat because he has quite a lot yeah. of stuff, including balloons. Yeah. Um, and, and gathering up all the rose petals. I mean, that can't have been easy. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, he's walking around the forest. He's, he's trying to find the gang. April calls him complaining, of course, about how miserable she is. <laughs> and, they have trouble hearing each other, which results in uh, a April hanging up because she's frustrated. She can't hear him. Well, sure. And Andy is just walking around like a like a, a simpleton going, hey, we got to do some triangulation here. I'm going to walk around in circles. <laughs> you do so, the same. Yeah, you do the same. And he's thrashing through brush and popping the balloons, which kind of made me sad. Uh, well, it was a good idea why it lasted. I know. Well, Mark, I, you've seen the movie A River Runs Through It, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I call this next scene uh, A River Runs Through TMI. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Thank you. Um, yeah, there, Ron and Jerry, uh, during their appointed hour hiatus, their timeout yeah. that they were given by Leslie. They were scolded and, into, yes. Right. So they are... Uh, participating in the tranquil activity of fishing together, yeah. uh, which would be really nice, except that Jerry is sharing way too many uh, personal Ugh. stories, uh, clearly irritating Ron, who would prefer to stand there in silence. Well, and also scaring off the fish because he's talking about things like birth control for his teenage daughter. And apparently, Mark, he was 24 when Gail took his virginity and, and he thinks that his daughter should wait. Oh, I, I didn't know that Ron's eyes could roll like that. No, no. Although he does agree with Jerry's uh quiet musing that you know what i should probably uh lead a teen abstinence workshop pause for a beat that <laughs> might be incredibly effective oh that's so funny well mark the struggle is real on the forest floor as ben struggles to find some comfort but tom seems to be doing just fine over in the thunderdome uh, mark what are you doing over there Oh, sorry. I was in the middle of a head, head massage. Uh, <laughs> you and Tom. Yeah, I'm in a good stopping point. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, well, Mark, isn't that exactly what Tom was doing in this scene? 
That is, uh, you know, we see that Ben's curiosity, I think, gets the better of him. He's trying to get comfortable and he hears the bzzz yeah. and goes over to Tom's tent, head massage, you know, compliments of Sky Mall. Of course. And um, I love that Tom's really roughing it. <laughs> I got to say, if I was going to go camping, that's not the worst way to go. It's really not. I probably would hook it up. Well, anyway, uh, so so. <laughs> Ben asked Tom if he wants to bounce some ideas and uh, Tom just wants to bounce over to his dog couch, which, by the way, I love that he's so tiny that a dog couch is his version of a bed. I think that's brilliant. It's great. Um, and watch the little top chef there. Um, and Ben starts to turn around. I think he's a little frustrated at Tom's laissez faire approach. And Tom finally says, look, I know Leslie's upset. She's so much better than us. What's what's the point? And like almost as if somewhat of an apology to kind of tempt him back. Would you care for some fondue? And Ben said, yeah. And I really think what he should have said is, yeah, I don't mind if I fondue. <laughs> oh, my God. Womp womp. I know. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's why I'm not a writer there. Um, <clears throat> so he comes back and Ben finally asks him, look, you got like. The entire middle of the Sky Mall catalog all here. Like, how do you afford all this stuff? And Tom reveals his his secret plan. It is brilliant. He's like, I just return it the next day and claim it was defective. The key, as it turns out, is crying a lot. No one likes to hear a grown man cry. (laughs) My hand accidentally went into the panini press. (laughs) Yeah, no one wants to hear that noise. Oh, God. Well, that's about the time that Leslie walks up, gives Ben a little bit of an out of this situation and asks if he wants to go for a walk. And then, Mark, we transition to that said walk. And you know what? Say what you want about Sweetums and their environmental record, but they sure can make a beautiful sunset. Oh, my gosh. You know, we had commented in Harvest Festival um, what a good sky shot they had. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. and in another way, this was also pretty good. It's yep. it's this uh, kind of panoramic view of the horizon. Uh, you see, uh, you know, Ben and Leslie are kind of standing together on a hill and it's probably like getting to be close to sunset. I yep. don't know. And it's this beautiful, gorgeous pink sky and kind of romantic. I don't know. And um. <laughs> You know, Ben is t- is is taken aback by how beautiful it is, and <laughs> Leslie mentions, "Yeah, it's pollutions from the Sweetums factory." <laughs> and I love this part where she says, "It's gorgeous, but is it worth the asthma?" <laughs> and Ben pauses for a beat and turns to her and goes, "No, no. <laughs> it's not." <laughs> I-, I thought this is kind of interesting. Leslie turns to Ben. Uh, to kind of vent and kind of like get some ideas off of her, right. off of her chest. Like she, he kind of plays second to Anne who's nor, you know, obviously Leslie's bestie. Well, true. And I think especially in this case where she's looking for some insight. That's right. And she's kind of attempting to downplay the whole next big idea thing. Yeah. Like I think she's maybe trying to convince herself that meh, it's probably, I'm probably getting myself worked up over nothing. It's probably not a big deal. And Ben, I think legitimately trying to support Leslie and, and, and I think he thinks he's being helpful here. Yeah. Oh, oh, I absolutely. Cause there's a, there's a beat, a little moment that's going to happen here in a few minutes. I think is why I think that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he emphasizes it, you know, instead of de-emphasizing it saying, no, you know, you've, you've, You've got everyone's attention. Yeah. Now is the chance that you're going to have to seal the deal. It's the chance you've been waiting for. And, you know, we we hear maybe for the first time or maybe she said it when she was with Anne. like, look, the Harvest Festival, it may have been a high point. 
And, and, uh, so what, what happens if I don't do yeah. it? And actually Ben says something I thought was really sweet. He's like, well, then you're, then you wouldn't be Leslie Nope. Which again, I think he's saying that to be encouraging. Yeah. But she reacts as if, you know, so I always have to be on my A game. Right. Is that right. fair? Other people, you know, they're not given a hundred percent. And that's when Ben has, I think you're AKA. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, I think he's trying to be supportive. Yeah. He's just like, I, I've never worked, met anybody that works as hard as you do, which is true. It's true. And, and, yeah. and, you know, you're like the energizer bunny of city government. And Leslie does not look real thrilled at no, Ben's description I think he, of her. I think you're right, Mark. I think he thinks he's bo- trying to boost her her confidence here. Yeah. And yet it's really just doubling down on the fact that she's got nothing. Well, she's having a very serious. He know that yet. She's having a very serious moment of insecurity. Yeah. And what would normally be, you know, strong points for her, I think, is actually now a negative. Yeah. I mean, this was her opportunity to also tell Ben that she didn't have a great idea. And I think he would have reacted differently is what we're both Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Well, back at the campfire, the rest of the gang is enjoying a classic camping horror story. Everything's quiet. Ron's slowly whittling away at a piece of wood. Well, Mark, and he's he's brought the house down. Everything's real serious. And, and people are like enthralled, like... Everybody's watching with like they're into this story. Oh, absolutely. The camera goes around to everyone's face and they're like they're they're, they're hunched forward. They're yeah. leaning towards yeah. him. Their mouths are agape yeah. uh, while he's telling this story. And you see Ron's whittling away at this wood and 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 uh, nice campfires touch. in his face. And he says, and when she looked in the back of her car, she saw that even though it was her own private property, she would be forced to take it in for a state inspection. And then, and then uh, that's funny enough, but uh, stay on his face. He like looks around menacingly at everybody. Like I just scared the wits out of you. Like I you should be just, terrified. He pulled the hook out, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the hook story. The hook hand. A state <laughs> inspection. Oh my gosh. So funny. Uh-huh. Well, and so about this time, Leslie's, Going to bring everyone's. I think the hour is up. Yeah. So Leslie has come back. Yeah. Right after this ghost story. Yeah. And um, Leslie's starting to address them, and they hear a twig snap, and they all go, well, "What was that?" What yeah. Was they're that? still kind of on, uh, kind of on. The, it's they're still a little nervous because on account of ghost story. Yeah. So they got the, they're a little scared there because I mean state inspection and. Tom just point blank says, if that's a coyote, someone needs to pick me up off the ground now, which I thought was brilliant. And something starts coming through the brush at him and they all kind of go, ah, and who is it? Chris Traeger. Yeah, sure. In, in for a night run. Wearing reflective gear. Yeah. As for a night run. And he says, hi, guys. <laughs> what are you doing here? And he says, uh. I was just out for my nighttime run and I thought, why not go visit the parks department? Because why not? And he asks how everything's going. And Leslie, who's already flustered, is like, oh, super, super good. Um, and Chris wants her to. Well, she goes so far as to like even trap herself in by saying, we've got a great idea. Yeah, it, he, she really does. You're right. Uh, and then he's like, well, I receive great ideas better when my heart's heart rate's elevated. Yeah. So why don't I just sit right down here in this boulder here? Yeah. And why don't you tell me the idea? And that's when I think Leslie gives Anne a meaningful look and Anne wisely says, hey, Chris, do you maybe want to 
to go come away with me for a second and leave them, let them work and we can talk and stuff. And she's like, Oh, sure. And so he, she kind of saves Leslie's bacon she at really least does. for the moment. Yeah. Going to buy her a few minutes. Cause clearly this next meeting is going to do it. Everyone's had this hour and they're going to have a brilliant idea. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The day will be saved. Mark. That's how that works. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Mark, there are two things that Andy clearly cannot find. Hmm. Um, first is April. Yep. And second is the map that shows how to find April. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> and then back at the campground, the team is finally ready to hear Leslie's great, giant, awesome idea. Um, Constantine, let's get a drum roll for that, please. Um, did you like it? <laughs> well, that's exactly right, Alan. Uh, you know, we're, we're back with Leslie and the gang. Minus Chris and Ann and Andy for, yes. for obvious uh, yeah. you know reasons. Um, Leslie finally admits to everyone that she doesn't have an idea. And it's so awkward how she does it, too, where she goes, OK, here's my idea. And then there's just silence. And they all look at her. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I think Ben has his aha. Like mm -hmm. he's like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And and he smiles just a little bit, like almost in a like a knowing way, not yeah. in a mean way. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. And and you can tell that really cost her yeah. to admit that to the gang. Yeah. And then at, from this point on, she seems kind of crazed, like not in a good way. Like she's like, but, 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 but I think that if we just keep working and working and we work on through the night and we work some more and we really work at it, then we're going to come up with a thing. And then we come up with the thing. We're just going to have to go forward with it and go forward with that. And they're all kind of looking at her. And I think they feel like they've lost their yeah. leader because their leader has lost their mind a little yeah. bit. Um, so and, might as well turn in. And at this point it's, it's a combination of either, them getting ready to turn in. But then when Leslie persists in being crazed, I yeah. think it escalates from there and people start to say, you know what? I'm ready to just pack it in. Yeah. Like pack it in, like go home, pack it in. Yeah. Like I, I think she could have had him for a while longer, but she pushed a little too hard. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the scene ends with Ron saying like, you know, I'll fire up the van and Leslie looks heartbroken. Like yeah. she looks really, really miserable. Like yeah. she's let the gang down. Well, and, and frankly, I think we feel and rightfully so like the gang has kind of let her down. Oh, 100%. Like they're just going to bail. Despite what they're saying. It's not just the Leslie show. Again, I think they would have stuck with her and tried to come back at it fresh and early tomorrow. But, you know, she wasn't also willing to do that. So it's a little bit on her at the same time. Yep. Agreed. Yep. This is um, where our, our shared AKA came from, Mark, as well. You know, basically they're, while they're waffling between going to bed and leaving, you know, Ron's like, we have nothing. Nothing to eat. <laughs> Jerry right. scared away all the fish with his loud personal stories. And, you know, Donna wants to go home. She misses her canopy bed. April's fine with not camping because her stupid boyfriend abandoned her. So, yeah. <laughs> I love the way she said because so, she's trying to participate to the group. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine with not camping, especially since my yelling into the forest. Yeah. Stupid boyfriend abandoned me. Because, <laughs> oh you know, maybe Andy will hear that. Well, and then Ron's like, all right, I'll, he sees the writing on the wall. I'll fire up the van. Yup. Yeah. Well, at this point, Chris and Ann are taking that walk to give the parks team the space they need to find this brilliant idea. And Chris has never actually moved this slow. It's it's almost like being in quicksand. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So they're they're walking together and and just for the first time, I think, interacting with Chris, it is acting not like a dork and just kind yeah. of lays it out on the line and says, when you dump me, it was really, 
is really embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Chris apologizes and says, I, I, I never meant to hurt you and I'm back now. And you know what? Why don't we continue to talk about us at, and have dinner together at this rustic diner? And you think, I'm not Anne, but I'm thinking. Me too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like I I've mean, got little hearts in my eyes. Who a- Agreed, Mark. And who offers egg white omelets if they're not thinking like that? Like, I almost fell in love with you just offering it just now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. It's, it's I, I'm So maybe these kids are going to get back together. It sure feels like that's a possibility coming out of this. Yeah. I I don't blame her. Yeah. Well, Ron is preparing the vehicle for departure and finds that, you know, like in every good Mac Max movie, Mark, somebody has stolen all the fuel or the battery or something. I don't know. Yes. And like every Mad Max movie that I've seen, there is a Thunderdome. Exactly. Just the one. But um, so, yeah, as you said, Ron's having problems starting up the van. Uh, You know, he's he's. Clicking the switch, which I think is the thing you do with cars. No, and, and, no, no. And, and, and yeah, it's a bad thing. And then he gets out because he's going to see like what in the hairy heck's going on here. Yeah. Goes to the hood. Hmm. That's strange. There seems to be a power cord snaked <laughs> under the hood. Maybe I should follow this. And he follows the cord back, follows the cord back to dun, 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 the Thunderdome. Thunder I mean, Tom's tent. And so apparently, uh, you know, Ben and Tom are inside making ice cream. They're having a good time. Yeah. Mark, do you want chocolate or butterscotch ice cream? You know, swirl me. And so, sorry. Um, <laughs> so Ron confronts them and says, <laughs> and Tom admits he's been running power from the from the van battery to the tent for 10 hours. And then the power dies right then. Yep. Like Pac-Man. No, I was teaming Cupcake Wars. Right in the middle of Cupcake Wars. I mean, what's he going to do? He won't know how it ends. Come on, van battery. Work with me. <laughs> well, everyone is upset and just wants to go home. But Leslie's determined to make the most of this setback. Well, they're all arguing because, you know, van battery. Yeah. Cupcake Wars. This is ridiculous. No Thunderdome. Everyone's packed up. They're going to have to unpack it. It's 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 mass hysteria here. And finally, Jerry suggests, you know what? There's a bed and breakfast right up the road. I'm going to head there. And I think uh, the gang kind of nods their head collectively and goes, yeah, you know what? Let's let's all go there for the night because I'm not staying out here because, you know, bears and stuff, I guess. Um, <laughs> and Leslie is trying to stay positive. Like you can see she's fraying at the edges, but she's trying to turn this this bed and breakfast uh you know uh diversion into a positive thing i think yeah well you know jerry came up with it because leslie's alternative was this is going to be so much fun all night work all night work <laughs> and all night work and not only that but but she has a stick oh my god and she's going to the grill what she was doing before and she's bang 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 as she's saying it this is obnoxious mark I, i'll tell her what i'm gonna do with that stick yeah yeah well it's gonna have to make some room well the gang finally arrives at what we learn is called the quiet corn (laughs) bnb and is being greeted by its proprietor miss clack you know what i think we should have constantine play this clip so we can do justice to i totally agree i'm not sure we can do otherwise yep welcome to the quiet corn i'm elsa clack breakfast is served between 5 30 and 6 15 a.m 
What if we sleep to a normal hour? Well, that would be very rude of you. <laughs> May I take your breakfast order? We have hard-boiled eggs. Awesome. Homemade tomato slices awesome. with dry seed and leek jam. And mm. your choice of German muffin. Mm. The f*** is a German muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! <laughs> you know, Alan, I, I I was so tickled by this scene. I actually had Constantine go online and look yeah. up what a German muffin was. Yeah, <clears throat> it took him to the dark web. Like for our viewers at home, I would not repeat, not recommend, recommend you doing it. this. Warning, yeah. warning! This is not a drill. <laughs> like Elsa sings in Frozen. Yes, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I guess if you're not into German muffins for whatever reason, mm -hmm. Mark, there are the tomato slices, um, which <sighs> let's just Jerry call the whole thing off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerry is just grinning through that whole thing. He loves it. Jerry's like in his home away from home. This they, Him and Gail are coming back here. Oh, for sure. Already. Like, yeah, you're exactly right, though. Jerry's in seventh heaven here. He thinks this place is great. Tomato slices and all. And all. Well, Ben and his new buddy, Tom, are the first to get their rooms. And I feel comfortable saying that it's a, a room they won't soon forget. <laughs> ben and Tom enter their room. It appears to be full of dolls. <laughs> we also hear a cat meowing somewhere. Uh, Perhaps several cats. Perhaps. Cats and dolls. This is not a good combo. Mark, I actually, um, you know how we like to name stuff here? Of course. In the show. Yep. I, I named these rooms. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I called this room the doll room, a.k.a. the ecstasy room. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And here's why uh -huh. I'm groaning uh, viewers at home. Um Ben finds a, what do you call those? Like guest sign-in books? Like yeah, he, the, the, he's looking around. He finds this book right as Tom's saying, you know, I, I hate this place. It's the exact opposite of Sky Mall. <laughs> but a lot of places have these these books where guests can kind, guest of, register. Kind, kind of leave memories yeah. and, yeah. you know. And so Ben, maybe out of sheer boredom, picks up this book and reads it out loud, dot, 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 about a couple that spent three nights of ecstasy in that room, dot, 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 which makes Makes both of them react something like, Gah! yeah, not good. Ben throws the book. He doesn't want to touch it anymore. Yeah, it's like the Necronomicon. <laughs> I, you know, I was a little surprised that they didn't play that up and make that, you know, signed by Jerry and his wife. See, oh, they should hire you. That's a bit of a missed opportunity. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. And he could have, you know, Jerry could have quietly said, oh, I remember this place when, you know, the German muffin thing was happening. Yeah. See, or, or they could have it signed by maybe G. Gergich. Oh, and they go, well, that's, better. that's not Jerry. That's not, yeah. No. Who is that? Maybe. maybe a relative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next, April briefly joins a content and chillin' Donna before she's saved by that age-old Renaissance tradition of balcony serenades, Mark. Yeah. The, the age-old tradition of Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> um, nice. A April makes the very astute uh, uh, observation that there are no TVs anywhere. This place is lamer than outside. Yeah. Which is saying a lot because she, she doesn't like camping. She really doesn't. Yeah. Mark, by the way, I called this the Eleanor Roosevelt room. I'm not sure why. Just fit. You are... The best type of crazy. I like I like this. I like this because I can't like I'm kind of fix it. Like, I don't know what you're going to come up with next, but I uh -huh. like it. So, yeah. OK, so in yeah. the Eleanor Roosevelt room, mm -hmm. there's no TVs. It's lamer than outside. Donna is chilling 
yeah. very comfortably. And I, at first, I didn't know why. And then I see a flask. Yeah, she got gin. <laughs> She's got gin. <laughs> um, and, and not the card game, but the no, delicious, delicious the liquid. Kind, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, April hears uh, Lloyd or something coming from outside. And uh, it's singing, yeah. go, go figure. Yeah. And it sounds suspiciously like, I fell in the pit. Like, yeah. I think it has that tone to it. Yeah, tent and, and pit kind of rhyme. Yeah. yeah, and 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 she opens the window, and sure enough, it's Andy. And, ha, ha, found you, and I fought a squirrel. And, <laughs> and so April is very is very sweet. April is smiling, and she's very happy to see Andy. And she goes out and leaves Donna with her flask because I think she's happier that way. She's fine. And so April goes outside to Andy, and Andy, sweet guy that he is, has attempted to set up recreate. The 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 camper yes. of love, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, camp, campsite beta, yeah. uh, duh. Yeah. And so uh, April comes out, and he he did his best he could, but maybe there's a few differences. Like the rose petals are like the seventy yeah. percent gone, and they've been packed in a bag, so they get wrinkles. And uh, he had to drink most of the champagne to survive, I guess, in the wilderness. He's a little buzzed now. He's a little buzzed. Uh, but in no balloons because they popped on yeah. account of the thorns in the brush. But still, it's very sweet. And he's I, clearly made an effort here and April can still see it. Absolutely. Yeah. She just is glad he's he's there. Well, meanwhile, Chris and Anne are at that very cozy little restaurant that he mentioned, having those egg whites and, and hopefully about to get on the same page about their future and, and maybe even their past. And I am I am so looking forward to this egg white omelets and all. Oh, it my sounds gosh. delicious. Mm. In fact, I, this is the second podcast in a row where I'm just hungry. I know. Yeah, I know. Me too. And. You know, Chris is smiling at Anne and he's being complimentary to Anne. He's holding Anne's hand. He's telling her how amazing she is. Things are going well, dot, 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 a little too well. And Anne leans forward to kiss Chris, at which point we find out yet again, Anne misread the signals. Well, Mark, I misread the signals. Yeah. Oh, I was set. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. This cute couple's finally going to get together. Right, right. I mean, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. This is this is not completely on Anne. Yeah, I, I agree. No and way. I honestly even felt a little bit like that earlier in the first breakup. I did too. But, you know, I was willing to let that one go. You know, he's just a nice guy. But I think he's got a problem. He's like a serially nice. He doesn't want to be disliked. And I don't yeah. think he has an ability to read the room. Well, you know what? It's interesting and not to get too meta or too, too deep into something that's a little bit silly here. But at the same time, we talked about the the setup when the Black Hats came, right? Mm -hmm. Chris was always good cop and Ben was always bad cop. Yep. You can see it. It's everywhere in Chris's behavior. He doesn't like conflict. Right. And so that's how he finds himself in this situation. That and just being stupid handsome. Yeah. Stupid, stupid handsome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems, Alan, like like Chris is sending mix at best, sending mixed signals to Anne. Yeah. But Anne is beyond embarrassed as oh clearly this is the second time she has severely yeah. misread the situation. And she kind of ends the scene with a short talking head saying, I well, it. I have to move now. I'm leaving the country. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. I have to move, right? Yep. I mean, like, what else can a girl do? Yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Good night. I can't say I blame her here. Nope. Well, Mark, back to quiet corn. Leslie is hard at work and briefly takes us back to the summer of 1999 for one of my favorite one hit wonders. You know, should we just play this scene here, at least the first part of it? Yeah, let's do that. Right. Good idea. 
Hey. Hey, couldn't sleep? No. My room is filled with cat hair and cat smell. And actual cats, roughly 12 cats. Mm, sounds delightful. <laughs> Leslie, what are you doing? I am listening to Steal My Sunshine by Len. A one-hit wonder, like me. You're not a one-hit wonder. Well, I will be. I peaked at the Harvest Festival, Ron. Years from now, people are going to say, remember that woman who came up with the Harvest Festival idea and never came up with another idea again? What happened to her? What was her name? Kim? Anyway, who cares? She's stupid and she's dead now. <laughs> for the first time ever, the Parks Department has real momentum, and I'm going to ruin it for everybody. You've done more for this group of people than anyone else. You're the only reason we all still have jobs. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I would love to chit-chat about this, but I need to keep working, okay? And keep pushing so that my breakthrough will happen and I will be ready for it. <laughs> you know what? I just had an idea for a new project. Really? Yes. Yes, I think I think this could be really good. What is it? Come with me. Well, Mark, this is pretty interesting. I like what Ron does here. Yeah, yeah. He he clearly realizes how fried Leslie is. Yeah. And and she's burnt out. And uh, so he sneakily for Ron uh, says, hey, my idea is right in this room. Why don't you go in this room and see my idea? And she does. And he closes the door, bam, and, and locks her in and says, basically, you know what? I'm standing guard on this door. I'm not letting you work. You're in such dire straits. You need to shut down and rest and sleep. Yep. And, and come back recharged. And, and Leslie protests loudly in, in several different ways. But Ron stands firm, even ignoring the mild shushing of bed and breakfast owner Elsa Clack. <laughs> Stick a German muffin in it. <laughs> it. Don't don't look that up. Don't Just look saying. Up. Nope. You know, I, Leslie's desperately trying to get out of this room. But Ron is determined that, you know, I mean, she, he says, you've been thinking about work nonstop for years. It's time to rest. Yep. Um, I think he's on to something. Yep. I, I think you're exactly right. I, I also like how Leslie tries to sneakily trick him and go, OK, yeah. well, I'm just going to yeah, go fine. to bed. And then the next thing, the camera looks looks uh, up above yes. the door and she's trying to come through the uh, little transom through, through the transom. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the, he says, Leslie, I checked the transom is painted shut. Yeah. And I love that because it implies that a Ron staked out the closet before That's deciding right. to lock Leslie in. B Ron knows Leslie so well, he knew she'd go for the transom. Yeah. And see, quite frankly, the word transom was spoken on national television. <laughs> that, you know, as a, as a adult male, I should know far more words than I do. And the yeah. show has actually taught me a few. There you go. Yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. I actually knew that one because in a, one of my college roommate scenarios, uh, we lived with this. This guy was a, this house. He was a slumlord, Mark. <laughs> we we had transoms. That's the whole point. But I don't want to lose my other point, which is that he was such a slumlord. We had a tag football team and we called it the slumlord apostles. Wow. Yeah, True story. But anyway, that's where I learned the word transom in real life. Mark, as I the kids say. I feel dirty. IRL. Now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> IRL. I know IRL. what they, I know what that means. Yeah. Right. Earl. I love how they end that too. Is, you know, after she realized this, she's not coming out the transom either. She's like, Oh my God, there's like 50 cats in here. Like seriously, there is a, there's a disturbing number of cats in that house. Yeah, Miss Clack might want to look into that. She, she's got a lot of cats. Yep. Well, Mark, we flash over to the next day. We're back at the parks department and Ron, Chris and Ben are in the, the auditor's office there and they're waiting for, for Leslie to arrive and, and share this big, awesome idea that we're certain she came up with overnight. She, but she's late. Maybe, maybe she just ran for it. I don't know. 
Yeah. Chris and Ben aren't sure. Like, should we reschedule? And and yeah. Ron seems pretty secure. Yeah. He's like, no, nope. he's, he's still whittling. She. Yeah. Yeah. He's she's going to be here. Yep. And then the door opens and a bright eyed, bushy tailed Leslie enters the room with tons of ideas, which she then rattles off in rapid succession. Yep. And Ron listens for a while with what I thought was kind of a smug grin on his yeah. face and then excuses himself as if to say, my job is done. Goodbye. And and kind of leaves Ben and Chris to hear, you know, Leslie's waterfall of awesome ideas. Seems like a good night's sleep was just what the doctor ordered. Very nice. Very nice. I thought that was an excellent. Uh, Ron, Ron and Leslie have gotten to work and appreciate and know each other so well that not only did he know what to do the night before to help her get to this point, but he knew that she would get there. Right. Well, I think the only thing left in the, the main episode, Mark, right before we have a short kicker is, you know, at the end of the scene, Leslie has a little talking head in her office and she says, you know, they say you're only as good as your last idea. I say you're only as good as the people you work with. That's right. Leslie Nope is back. And then she goes, oh, my God, my breath is so bad. Yeah, that's the bad side. Yeah. But, you know, she's no, back. You're locked in a room with no toothbrush all night. What are you going to do? 50 cats. Well, at this point, Mark, the only thing left is the kicker, and we're going to jump back to the cozy corn for a minute to catch a glimpse of a, of a scene we missed with Ben and Jerry. Not the ice cream guys, but, you know, our Ben and Jerry. I wish. Um, did you interpret this as a sort of mini flashback? I did. At first, in my brain, it's last night. Then I looked. Nope. There's light coming through the window. It's the next I think morning. It's early this morning. Yes. As they're preparing to leave. So, Alan, this, this was so, so funny. This was one of the funniest scenes in the entire show, and this is very, very visual. I'll try to do justice to it. We're back at the quiet corn bed and breakfast where we see and hear owner Elza Clack playing symphony number nine by some guy named Ludwig von von Beethoven. Uh, Beethoven? It sounds a little something like this here. Just play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on in the background. Yeah. There. More yeah. commonly known as Ode to Joy, yeah, you know, you for, for the unwashed masses. I think his name is pronounced Beethoven. Ah, uh, you're close. You say tomato. I say Beethoven. All right. Sorry, Beethoven uh, on a harpsichord. So Elsa Clack is playing that their harpsichord there. Uh, and uh, I love Baroque music. Or, you know, Mark, they say, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. That's okay. <laughs> I, so sometimes what you say is so good, it's just painful. And I don't even know where to go with it. So anyway, well done. Thank you, Jerry. We mentioned this before. Jerry is sitting in a chair listening to uh, this Baroque music, which don't fix it. Yeah. And he's smiling and he's serenely holding a cat. He's in seventh heaven. He's oh, Jerry loving loves this. this. He's loving it. Yeah. And Ben is looking like a trapped animal <laughs> sitting in the chair next to him. He's like he's uncomfortable. Yeah. He's glancing around. He's looking for a way out. Yeah. And he quietly gets up while Elsa is playing Symphony Number no. Nine, Ode to Joy. He quietly gets up and sneaks over to the door and he like rattles the doorknob. Yeah. But he can't get out because it's locked. Well, no, I think like the transom, it's also painted shut. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and then there are cats everywhere and, and then in harpsichord and he can't get out and giving up. Ben does some sort of like Charlie Brown oh mopey walk back to his chair and his head's just drooping down. He's just going to suffer through this. And then we hear and see Elsa Clack finishing playing Ode to Joy. Well, before that, Mark, though, the cat has the line. There aren't a lot of lines in this scene. But then the cat says, Wah. like, yeah, you sit right back down. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens to you, mister. Yeah. Don't I'll give you the what for if you get up again. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And and Elsa Clack finishes playing Ode to Joy. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to a brief, like, five-second talking head with Ben at City Hall. 
Yeah. She died like 20 minutes after that, <laughs> which is horrible, but so uh, funny. Uh, something should not be that horrible and funny at the same time. And yet. And yet here we are. Here we are, Mark. Yep. We don't we don't write the rules, Mark. We just live under them. Yes. Yeah. Fade to black. Fade to black. All right. Well, very nice job on the breakdown there, Mark. As always, I think that was a, a pretty good wrap up of that that particular episode. Me too. Well, Mark, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. We'll do our normal set of shenanigans afterwards and uh, we'll be right back. All right, man. Let's do it. All right. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. As you might have recently heard, Elsa Clack, owner of The Quiet Corn Bed and Breakfast, sadly passed away. And... While she will certainly be missed, as will her small army of cats, dolls, and German muffins, it is a well-known fact of life that nature abhors a vacuum, especially if that vacuum is filled with cats and dolls. To that end, the site of the former bed and breakfast has been redone, revamped, and replaced with something new, and, in my opinion, very exciting. So, without further ado, I will take this opportunity to introduce a workshop of my very own design named Would You Rather. (laughs) A daring combination of time-honored woodworking traditions and meticulous craftsman philosophy, this groundbreaking make-and-take workshop has something to offer all who are old enough to legally operate a bandsaw. Imagine, if you will, the following question. Would you rather have a beautiful eastern black oak art deco lamp with a dim underpowered bulb, or a hip and folksy spalted maple beauty that is so bright it helps you find lost items but only works half the time? What's that? A lamp that highlights lost items, you say? Hey, that's great. Now, let's go ahead and have you make a lamp. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I misheard you. You would rather have a dim lamp that you can barely see. Fascinating. Now, please get to work on your damn lamp. Regardless of your philosophical bent, before the workshop is over, you will have made a lamp. And, of course, I need to charge you copiously for bench time and materials. Daddy needs a new 15-horsepower-matic helical head planer joiner. It's a win-win, as they say in conflict resolution. When you come to your first workshop session, be sure to tell me I sent you and receive a 10% discount off a miter saw pocket jig of my own personal design, the Mighty Miter. All purchases are final. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, you know, as we normally do, we review the DVDs and we let people know what we find there. Uh, this particular episode did have a commentary. It also had deleted scenes, which we we talked about kind of maybe as kind of a first and we never didn't we never really said it that way. But uh, Harvest Fest didn't have any deleted scenes. Not, not that we could find. Oh, that's right. Well, I think it's because they shoved all of them into the producer's cut. That yeah, could be. Well, here the, there was no producer's cut. There's only a few deleted scenes. It's very I think, sparse. Yeah, four. Yep. Maybe running about one minute, 22 seconds. Yep. 
Well, Mark, again, there were only four of them and, and most of them, you know, don't make the cut for a good reason. I will say there was one slight exception and it's the last one of the four. Andy has, you know, it's still dark. He's struggling to find some food. He's talking, you know, uh, to the camera about how important protein is. And he finds this sure. giant grub worm. I mean, think Timon and Pumbaa, right? Yeah. It's the kind of stuff they eat. Yeah. Uh, and that size. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's in Indiana or Africa, but it's a big ass grub worm. Yikes. Yeah. And uh, he goes to eat it. And uh, but he finds like a bag of Cheetos or something or and something. Yeah. And he's like, and then you think, oh, I'm going to eat that instead. But no, it's just to cut the, the flavor. It's just to cut the flavor. And then in goes the grub worm. Uh, and Yikes. it's alive. It's kicking. It poops in his mouth. Poops in Yikes. his mouth. Anyway, if you don't watch any of the other deleted scenes, I recommend that one. Right. I agree. Mark, how about on Trope's first fun facts? I know I had a couple here and I'm sure you do as well. Well, I had I had one first. Uh, which is it's the first time we've seen Chris as a city manager, even though he's only interim. Correct. How about uh, tropes or fun facts? I had I had four. Okay. So two are easy. We get uh, punching bag Jerry and punching bag Kyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is always fun. They're my favorite punching bags. <laughs> Absolutely. I would like to have a punching bag battle royale. Oh, where they like you put them in the same room and then Stuff. you have a third person enter. And who is he going to lambaste? Yeah. Which one of them? I mean, that's going to be tough depending on who the lambaster is. Yeah. I mean, if it's Andy, he's going straight for Kyle. Yes. Yes. He just can't help himself. That, that's very true. The good point. Ron, probably go to Jerry. Probably go to Jerry. Yeah. You know, the devil, you know. Yeah. The punching bag, you <laughs> the know. The punching bag, you know. So the other two I had was... uh uh See, I call this overextended, Leslie. You, you've had a series of tropes that mm-hmm. I liked where it's like over something or superhuman, yeah. Leslie. Yeah. I called this overextended, Leslie, like but almost in reverse because this is like one of the few times that we see that she does have limits. Like she's actually a human or if if she is a cyborg, then yeah. apparently she needs seven hours of sleep every year or so to recharge. <laughs> so, you know, and then the she's other one, really good batteries. The other one I had was the triumphant return of DJ Roomba. Oh, very nice. I yeah. missed that. What'd you get? Uh, actually, I really only had the two punching bags. That was about it for me. Good call out. I did not think about DJ Roomba's return, but you're exactly right. He's, he's corporeal again. I know. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I wonder how they did that. I did have one fun fact. What was that? Um, in the scene where where Ron and Jerry are fishing together and Jerry is, you know, scaring yeah, a away. river or, runs through yuck or what yeah. do you call it? A, a TMI. <laughs> a river runs away because good Lord, Jerry. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can see that Ron is wearing a hat from Manuka, Illinois, mm. where Nick Offerman was raised. Yep. That's great. That's a good. Uh, I saw the hat. I meant to kind of go look it up. I figured it meant something and I just totally forgot to do it. Yep. So good call. Nice job. Well, Mark, should we get into our scores? Absolutely. That's what we're here to do. And we aim to please. All right. You aim to please. <laughs> I am three. Oh, wait, please. That's a sign in the bathroom. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have to pause. All right. Uh, let's start out with my episode MVP, as I'm wont to do. Yeah. Um, this week, I'm going to give it to Amy Poehler. Yeah, it's hard not to. Um, as Leslie Nope, she was really the glue that kept everything tied together in this episode. Yeah. And I thought that she did a really great job. And, you know, we've talked about in other episodes where some of the characters are, let's say, not at their best. 
but sometimes like flu season, right? Mm. But sometimes when they're not at their best, that's kind of when we get some great performances from them, you know, when, when they have the vulnerabilities, et cetera, et cetera. Good point. Yeah. Um, So a few notes, you know, and I mentioned this before when Leslie stress, she turns to Anne, her bestie, of course, but who does she turn to after that? Ben. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I like that Leslie considers him not just an acquaintance and not just a friend, but a good friend and maybe more. Well, I picked up on that too, Mark. And I I think one thing we didn't say at the time as we were talking about that part of the breakdown, but there's that piece where they're around the campfire. Everyone's upset. They all want to kind of go. They realize Leslie didn't have an idea. And and Tom, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought they had become friends, but clearly not because he's like, What's Ben still doing here? Yeah. And Leslie quickly jumps on that fumble in a very protective way. Yeah. Yeah. So this could be more of this evolving relationship. It could just be the value she sees in having another person to who she can. Because while Anne, she can talk to Anne about anything. She knows Anne doesn't get the government stuff. Right. Ben does. Right. She's not embroiled in it like the rest of them are. Right. Right. She's more embroiled than most nurses would be, uh, oddly enough. <laughs> probably yet, against her will. But, probably, But yes. she's happy to do that for ha- her. For her bestie. Right. Um, you know, for this episode, I probably could have used a little more Donna and maybe a little more April. Yeah. But apart from that, I feel like they did a pretty good job using their deep comedic bench. And it occurs to me as I'm saying this, I feel like I'm saying that so often the great use of their deep comedic bench. It's almost like a catchphrase anymore. But I mean, in all seriousness, it seems like it's becoming the rule and not the exception. Like they've, and I mean that in a complimentary way, like they've mastered the art of spreading the joy, so to speak, and giving screen time to all the very, very funny people on the show. Which is pretty impressive with the cast this large and people this funny. Yeah, this is one of the best ensembles and good for them to find a way to get it, you know, working smoothly. Um, So I've said in the past, when I do episode analysis like this, I tend to use what I've called a two yardstick approach. Yeah. And and one part is like the, the plot, the episode as a whole, like how interesting is it? is the episode for its story, you know? And then the other yardstick, so to speak, is the collection of notable moments. And they're often comedic, but not always. They can be like really sweet moments or whatever, but, you know, things that you take away from it. Yep. So for this episode, I feel like there were, in my opinion, lots of notable moments, be they one-liners or sweet little things. But honestly, I wasn't as into the story as I usually would be. And I don't know why. You know what I mean? So I liked all the individual parts. But for me, they didn't seem to gel together. It wasn't bad, but they didn't gel together as well as I was hoping, maybe. But not in a bad way. So anyway, I'll get to my score. Um, That's just a little bit of explanation. All right. So Mark's score, I'm going to give this. A 3.5 base score. It's it's lower than I have been giving some of the stellar, stellar episodes. But like I said, part of this is just because I feel like some of this maybe didn't gel together into a hole for me. Um, they did have a very sweet April Andy story. It was fun seeing Anne get unhinged. The main story was interesting, but maybe a little slow. So anyway, 3.5 base, got some bonus points. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by episode MVP Amy Poehler. 
I'm going to give uh, half a point for the good use of their deep comedic bench, which I already said, you know, including Don and Jerry quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, quite and a bit. also welcome back, Chris. You know, um, I'm going to give half a point for the nice continuation of a building relationship between Leslie and Ben. That is one aspect of this that I still get very interested in. I like to mm. see that evolve. I'm going to give half a point to the very sweet April Andy storyline. It was a nice effort from Andy. I mean, even at the very end when it's kind of this like broken down, you know, camper of love, <laughs> you know, you know, campsite, um, April still loves it. So half a point for that. I'm going to give half a point to Tom's entire Sky Mall setup. Oh I, I just it, so good. it was so the funny. Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Fantastic. <clears throat> Uh, including DJ Roomba in the mix. I'm going to give half a point. <laughs> I'm going to give half a point to Jerry scaring away both the fish and Ron <laughs> with his loud personal stories. That was so freaking Ugh. funny. Um, I'm going to give half a point to several, speaking of which, several very Rontastic moments, including his great, great version of a ghost story around <laughs> the campfire. Um, <clears throat> state inspection. Um, oh I'm going to give half a point for Elsa Clack and her bizarre bed and breakfast that is absolutely lousy with dolls and cats. And, and just the title of it itself, the name. The Quiet Corn. So good. What does that mean? Mark, only only corns who are quiet are actually not rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, April could take a lesson from yes. Ben then. Um, and then finally, I'm going to give half a point to the kicker with Ben and Jerry listening to Elsa oh, yeah. play Ode to Joy and Ben and Jerry's in seventh heaven. Ben's trying desperately to get out and then she dies 20 minutes later. This is so funny. So you add all those up and even though I only started with 3.5 base score, yeah. I'm up to eight little Sebastian. So I feel like that's pretty respectable i was actually going to give this a 7.5 at first because I, like i said i feel like the main story drags a little bit but overall i thought there were enough clever and funny individual moments that it deserved an eight like maybe a low eight but but an eight nonetheless um so like there are so many moments i'm betting that you sir alan of the round table are going to have a very rich top 10 list so what you got well, as always, Mark, I'm going to struggle with 10. I just, it's a, it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion. I think we've learned that even on episodes that we're not rating a nine or a 10, uh, it's not hard to find the funny in some of these. Well, you know, top 10 is really just used for alliteration. It's, 10, 10 is just a suggestion. Mark, it's what I call it. Yeah. It's a, it's a serving suggestion. Yeah. It's a construct. Right. Yeah. And, and, and much like constructs, um, you know, you mentioned that you felt like, maybe on humor and a few other factors and just getting the story right or the right amount of story or engagement in the story. I forget how you said it, but uh, I think you nailed it. I, I struggle with that too. And I feel like if you look at what this, the, this episode is meant to be, and this is where construct comes in, you know, the whole premise of this episode is, you know, what do you do after a giant peak, like the harvest festival? Mm -hmm. Well, it's ironic that the episode itself has the same problem, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. That was such a great feel good, Tom Petty loving, you know, aerial shot, awesome ending. And then it's like, okay, what do you do next? Um, I, if I was them, I would have gone on hiatus because honestly, that's a big deal. How do you deal. follow that? Yeah. How do you follow that? Well, and you know, Alan, just on that note, the, the other, I think really, really high scored episode for season three, which yeah. was, I think was flu season. Yes. And that was early in the season. The next, the next episode after that. Yeah. Kind of also suffered from this a little bit. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And, and you know, that's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. And then we got the weird mid season peak. So something was going to pay the piper probably along the way. Right. And yet, you know, 
uh, you you gave this episode eight little Sebastians, which overall, I mean, that's a pretty good episode. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And it's and I, I won't argue against that. I would say I had the same uh, the struggle is real struggle, Mark, of uh, and not just on the forest ground uh, floor. <laughs> no. What do you call it? Uh, anyway. Uh, but is this a seven and a half or is this an eight? And I landed on eight as well. Eight little Sebastians. Oh. I did, though. I had the internal mon- uh, dialogue about why that is. And I think at the end of the day, I had to remind myself how good this show is. And what the litmus test is for me is that, you know, could another show do as well with an episode like this that almost was designed to be a denouement after this grand crescendo, right? In a way. Yeah. You need to see Leslie struggle here. Uh, That's what that means. Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah. uh, You need to see Leslie struggle here in order to sell the point in the premise of the episode, right? This is a thing that happens to us in real life. It's like you have this great thing and then... You know, it's really on Phil, honestly, you know, right before he grabbed her boob awkwardly and yeah, stuff yeah. and then almost died. Uh, you know, that he instead of saying to Leslie, great job, Leslie, and giving her all this credit, which is totally due. 80,000 visitors to the Harvest Fest, wildest dreams smashed. Leslie, you deserve a vacation. He said, Leslie, I can't wait to see what you do next. Go get them, which sounds encouraging. But my God, it set it set her up for basically kind of a failure in a way. Yeah, it was a Donigma, like you said. Yeah, um, one of those things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, that's a very good point. You know, it's 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 she has been trained that no one else is just taking a moment and letting the spotlight be on yes. her. They're already like, what's next? And she would have done that to herself anyway. Yep. But this made it far, far worse. And then, you know, well, what might have saved the day if Chris came in and just said, hey, Leslie, take a beat. Uh, but nope, he just took Phil's thing and doubled down on it and said, you know, Energy packs go. And, and yet, you know what? I, it feels like this somewhat feeds on itself because in a way, Leslie clearly loves her job. And so this, yes, I completely get how this could be stressful. Oh my gosh. But at the same time, I could see someone coming to her and saying, hey, you know, this thing that you love yeah. and like you, you, sometimes it seems like you can't get enough of. Yeah. I'm excited to see it too. What you got? That's interesting. I know, Mark, one uh, one of our upcoming episodes, we might talk to actually some local government folks who we've been in contact with. I'd be curious to kind of ask them about this dynamic, you know, yeah. if they ever had an event that was so big and then kind of had to, were they challenged to top that later? And what's that like to live with? I mean, we've all kind of experienced it, you know, not necessarily as employees of local government, but in whatever our contexts are. So it's relatable. It Absolutely. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the the top 10 list, Mark, as we called it, I, oh, yes. I'll walk us through that real quick and then okay. we'll, we'll move on to to the next thing, but which I think is quitting and going home. But yes, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that we both gave it an eight, there were a lot of funny moments here. Yeah, and there were some great just hidden stuff. And sometimes you can be successful with a lot of little hits versus one or two big ones. And I think this is one of those episodes. Yeah, I agree. Here's a few. Uh, that was the second most awkward way a man has ever grabbed Leslie's breast. <laughs> Um, April believes that not only does camping suck, but it's super boring and she can see the stars, which she hates. And they're, they're creepy. They're creepy, yeah. Um, what do Jay-Z, Lil Wayne and Drake all have in common? They're rapists. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Ron and Ben basically come out with their ideas and they're basically the same idea, right? Ron wants to give money back. Right. Ben wants to put it in the bank and save it. But but it's Tom then who calls Ben White Urkel. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a little unfair. Yeah, I did. But too. funny. Yeah, but funny. Very but funny. funny. 
Um, Leslie, in her wildest dream, in her wildest dream journal, uh, married Alf, and they're pretty happy. Tom, not only has he got the Thunderdome, but please don't interrupt him until he finishes or finds a good spot to stop his head massage. That's important. My God. It's a process. Yeah. The sky really is beautiful, um, but it probably is not worth the asthma. No. Yeah. Um, you are like the Energizer Bunny of city government, yep. which we like that. Jerry scared all the fish away with his loud personal stories. <laughs> uh, and Tom, you know, he's most upset about losing power in the Thunderdome because of all the, the luxuries and the things that require electricity. But God darn it. He was TiVo and Cupcake Wars. How's it going to end? Uh, who knows? Whose cupcakes are the best? We will have to wait and find out, Mark. Tune in and find out. Oh, that's something else. Oh, wait. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah save that. Um, this is going to be so much fun. All night work. All night oh, work. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, my God. Tom hates this place. It's the exact opposite of Sky Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa really should get a catalog and see if she can deck that place out yeah. next time. Oh, wait. No, there won't be a next time. Oh, yeah. Because, sad. you know, uh, April also hates it, but for different reasons. There are no TVs, no TVs anywhere. <laughs> it's lamer than outside. Yep. Leslie just slept seven hours, which is twice as long as she usually sleeps. So maybe, she's a little disoriented. Maybe she is a cyborg. I don't I, know. She may be. And yes, Miss Elsa Clack died 20 minutes after the, the Harpsichord concert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice job, Mark. I Again, I, I think Eight Little Sebastians is a solid score for this episode. I'm anxious to see what happens next. You know how there are peaks and valleys in every season? Sure. There are several peaks in season three. We've had one on Harvest Fest. I don't want to give too much away, but I think we've got one or two or three more yet to go in this season. Mm, I can't wait. And maybe coming up here pretty soon. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mark, before we wrap this up, I just want to remind everybody that we've got our presence on the internets out there. That's several right. of them. I, as, as Constantine told me, I think we got a web page. Yep. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, are we in that kid talk thing yet? Or we got to figure that out. <laughs> No, that's called Kid Talk? Uh, no, it's called something else. We're on all the socials. We're on the socials. And if you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. We've got a Patreon link right there on livefrompawnee.com. So just scroll down to the bottom of the page. And if you're not up for that, just head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a, a review. If you haven't done that already, we'd love for you to do that. Or if you've just got feedback you want to give us directly, there's a link right on the website where you can do that and send us some feedback. We would love any of those things. Absolutely. Good point. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Contact us.